You're listening to the I'm in my 20s podcast, a candid documentation of making the best of our 20s. My name is May, and I am a 20-something with a passion for personal development and living life to its absolute fullest. So let's do this together. Fitness is an ongoing journey. You're going to have times where you feel a little bit off, you have a bad workout, or you see like a kind of a drop in progress, and that's completely natural. And... I think at the end of the day, you need to tie like your self-love and stuff to just just who you are as a whole rather than like a physical standard of beauty in terms of society and things like that. So I think over time I realized that weight gain isn't something that I should be like upset about. It's not something that is like indicative of my self-value. So I think just kind of shifting my perspective in terms of how I view myself is like the main change that I made. Hey friends, welcome back to the I'm in my 20s podcast. Today we're joined by one of my friends who I am an absolute simp for and I will never hide how much I simp for my friends. This guest is Mizuho and she is just a freaking power icon in my eyes at least in the fitness world like literally guys just take a peek at her tiktok her instagram just look at how jacked she is like her physique and it's not just about the physical achievements that she has attained through her own hard work consistency and resilience it's also her mindset her mentality her confidence that she has built over time being a part of this fitness world and just developing not just self-love acceptance of her body as well as a community that she loves and holds so dearly to her heart so today's conversation is all about that we have Mizuho sharing her story her fitness journey how it has impacted her life in ways that she can't even imagine we also give you guys such practical tips such as how to ease yourself into the gym overcoming that fear making friends in the gym and we also touch on the mental resilience of building confidence including something that Mizuho and I both had to go through is overcoming Asian beauty ideals. So this is a wonderful conversation. Excited for y'all to experience this. Before we jump into that, I just want to share a moment of honesty because this is a podcast documenting my journey through my 20s. And I know some of y'all and my friends too know me as such a happy-go-lucky person. And you're like, Meg, how are you always so happy? You're always so positive. And yes, I do share my tools for mindsets and my gratitude journaling and meditation, all that stuff. But even despite all this and a quote-unquote perfect routine, I haven't nailed it. I am not perfect. And right now I'm going through a patch where I just don't feel my best every day. And I, I kind of wake up just feeling this sense of like existential dread. <laughs> I know that sounds so dark, but essentially just... Something happened that kind of just took a blow at my self-confidence and it's something that I'm trying to personally work through because I tend to attach way too much of my worth on a certain thing and it just, it's just like, damn, that sucks, you know? So I'm just keeping it real with you guys. But let's focus on the fitness conversation first and if you want to hear more about my personal story, you can listen in at the end of this episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode 80, 83, 63 of the podcast. Today, I am sitting down in person with one of my friends, Mizuho, who I'm very excited for her to kind of share her story around fitness, self-confidence, and she's like literally my inspo for like fitness and lifestyle stuff. So really excited to have a conversation with her. So without further ado, can you give an introduction of yourself and who you are? Hey guys, so I'm Mizuho and basically I went to UBC for international relations and then I'm now working at a fitness tech company. Um, Fitness has always been a huge part of my life, whether it be like sports back in high school to doing powerlifting now. And yeah, 
say. Awesome. I mean, for some context, we can talk about how we actually connected. So you remember, I think it was back in, was it 2020 or 2021? I think it was 2020. Okay. Yeah. So how did that happen? So basically, I actually saw Meg's podcast on a friend's story, I think, saying that it was one of her favorite local podcasts. And I gave it a listen and I really loved the content. So I reached out to Meg on LinkedIn in true business fashion <laughs> and wanted to reach out with her, reach out to her and kind of ask her for a coffee chat. That's awesome. Yeah, so she reached out and then I think we ended up having like a virtual chat, which was like really awesome. And you'd mentioned at the time, like, you know, wanting to explore different paths and like potentially starting podcasts and stuff. So we really resonated with our, you know, passions for creativity and we both work in tech now. And we actually only met in person like recently, like like a month ago, I think, like literally a month ago, even though we've been connected, I think for like two years now mm-hmm. so <laughs> I mean it was COVID so I think it makes sense yeah <laughs> exactly exactly very blessed for these COVID friends but yeah the reason I wanted to invite Mizuho is I mean I personally find her extremely inspiring as a fitness creator and not just like as a creator she really does you know walk the walk and I can really see that progress in like you know her her physique and everything and just her her mindset and inspiration so I really want to dig into that today and just see how we can inspire our listeners who may be looking to optimizing their physical fitness lifestyles or overall just body confidence so I'm curious to hear when this all started for you like why did you decide to pursue this path of like fitness and focusing on your health Yeah, so basically, I think I started probably weightlifting back in high school to kind of supplement the sports that I was playing. And then I think once I went into university, that's when I realized that your physical health is all kind of up to you, where there's no one telling you to like go to practice or like go to a game or anything like that. So that's when I really started going to the gym kind of consistently. And I think over time, I just like fell in love with like the progress that you see as well as just the community that you get to be a part of. So I think that's like what kind of sparked my interest initially. And then now I do it like partially for my job as well as for content creation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a I really like the point you said about how, you know, nobody's telling you to do it. Like you really have to do that and motivate yourself. For me personally, starting out in fitness, it took me like years of saying, oh, I'm going to like, you know, go to the gym consistently to finally make it a habit. So for you starting out, what was the biggest barrier for you and how did you overcome that? Um, I think for me, like I think for a lot of beginners as well, the gym can be really, really daunting. And I think at the time I didn't really know how to use equipment. I wasn't sure if I was doing things correctly. And I think at the start I was pretty reserved in terms of how I worked out and just in general how, how I was at the gym. And then over time I like learned through either personal training friends or just through like watching YouTube videos or things like that. And I think that really pushed me to be more confident and kind of active within like the fitness community in Vancouver as well as just at the gym as well. Mm, Okay, that makes sense. I think it really helps to follow people kind of in that space as well and just surround yourself by people who have those as their lifestyles just to take away that mental barrier of like oh I can't do it actually maybe I can do it right so I really like that aspect um so what did you get started out like at the gym weightlifting or did you start out with with sports or how did you ease yourself into that space yeah so initially I played uh volleyball and figure skating back in high school and I think that really kind of sparked my interest in working out as a whole but that was more so like functional training for those sports specifically Mm -hmm. and then I think in the start of university is when I started taking a look at powerlifting and bodybuilding and seeing like which path I kind of wanted to go down and then I eventually went kind of deep dive into powerlifting. Mm, Okay so when you're in university and looking at these paths what was it about 
more powerlifting versus sports that drew you to one versus the other? I mean, I think I like the idea of just being super strong. So that was like one of the motivators, I think. Mm -hmm. And then bodybuilding, I think from the general audience, it's more of like the aesthetic side of things versus powerlifting is you're trying to lift as much weight as you can. Mm -hmm. And I think I just like the idea of just getting stronger as a whole, especially as a person who's five foot two and like very small in nature. Mm -hmm. So I think that was like the main thing. Mm, I really like that, the aspect of getting strong and not just thinking, oh, I, I need to go here because I need to lose weight or, you know, so-and-so look good for other people, but more for like an intrinsic reason. So you mentioned, oh, maybe it was because I was I was five foot two and I wanted to get stronger. So what was it like? Is there something deeper behind that? Like, was there any aspect of, you know, growing your confidence in that process that you want to share on this podcast? Yeah, so basically, I think in high school, I was very insecure in myself in terms of my physical appearance and just didn't really have a lot of confidence in myself. And with weightlifting, it was kind of a first step to accepting my body and just overall being confident in my own skin. And weightlifting was a huge part of that in terms of just gaining confidence in myself and being able to be happy with how I look. And I think just the community that I was part of, too, in terms of fitness um, was just absolutely amazing. And that really, really inspired me to want to be happy with myself, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. What is it? What do you think is the most empowering part of weightlifting for your confidence? Is it because I'm thinking for me when I started out first, it was like the, the mental empowerment. Right. It's me like previously not having any idea what to do in the gym or even how to use these machines or how to do certain exercises or what form and finally figuring that out like that aspect helped a lot and that's not even related to how I look and then the other aspect is seeing myself in the mirror and over weeks of time actually seeing progress because I put in the hard work so that's what I felt for me so what was it for you so definitely just kind of like the mental aspect of knowing that you're improving your physical health and your mental health in a sense as well. I think that was like a big thing for my confidence. But mm -hmm. then in terms of kind of seeing the progress, especially in the past year or two when I've filmed myself working out just like check form or for work, yeah. that's really made me kind of a little bit more cognizant about how much I'm actually growing in terms of my physical appearance as well. And I think that became like a huge motivator in the sense that at the, at the time, I think looking in the mirror, you don't really see your progress as much because you see yourself every single day mm -hmm. versus if you take a photo of yourself from a year ago and then compare yourself to like now, it's drastically different. That's a really good point that you don't really see the progress if you see yourself every single day. Because <laughs> like for me, my most motivating moment, I think, was when I mean, I'd been going to the gym consistently since around like spring this year. And I was just like, oh, I'm just doing it. I didn't really check myself too much in the mirror, to be honest. I had too many other things to worry about. But one of my friends like, didn't see me for a few months because she was traveling. And then she saw me um, after she came back from traveling. And she was like, Meg, your shoulders. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, dude, you look so different. Like your shoulders are like so ripped. I was like, what? And then she took a photo and showed me. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? That's me? You know? So sometimes having people in your life to like remind you of that progress really like makes a huge difference. And that was like a huge boost for me because at that time I was kind of like falling off my gym habit too. I was kind of like ah you know I was like traveling a little bit and I got kind of lazy so after she said that I was like you know what my my hard work is giving me progress so I went back to the gym and now I'm like consistent again <laughs> so yeah that was really helpful for sure um another question for you is what role does community play for you in I guess your development in the fitness space like you know for example people you met at the gym or just you know friends and family and the support or maybe even lack of support can you speak on that 
Yeah, so I actually used to be that person that went to the gym and wanted to get in and out as quickly as possible. So I literally just didn't talk to anyone, especially in the first couple of years of working out. Especially in the past like two years, I kind of started to make friends at the gym. And then as well as creating content for work led to me meeting a lot of people within like the fitness community in Vancouver. And that's honestly opened so many doors in terms of just connections as a whole, but also just these amazing friends that are mm-hmm. incredibly supportive and is able to like give advice and kind of help me out when I'm like plateauing in weight or anything like that. So I think that's kind of made a huge impact in terms of, I guess, like family is that. And I think in a lot of Asian families, it's like not ideal to be like muscular or like more like quote unquote masculine in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think I definitely like carried that in the first couple of years where I want to just be skinny. And I think now my parents have gotten used to the idea of the fact that I'm not aiming to be really small and petite. I just mm-hmm. like want to be strong and very happy with my physical appearance. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. I'm really glad you were able to overcome kind of what the Asian parents like deem as, oh, this is your beauty ideal, because that's a big cultural influence for us. And, you know, I also grew up in a Chinese household. And <laughs> yeah, my parents are glad I was getting strong. But then my dad literally said, you don't don't look like a man, you know, and I was like, what? Like, I don't think I want to look like a man, you know? Oh, actually, that gives me another question. But I did have three questions coming out of, like, what you just said. So I'm tr- going to try to, like, knock them out, like, in the order that they came into my head. One of them, you, you mentioned making friends, like, in the gym, right? And this is me speaking from my personal experience or for maybe you listeners who are starting out at the gym. It's a pretty intimidating place because you go there and there's people like huffing and puffing and like grunting and they're all sweaty and probably really muscular and jacked. So how do you even go about starting to talk to somebody in the gym? Um, I think personally, I have a resting bitch face. So I find that (laughs) oftentimes people think that I'm quite intimidating. Yeah. Um, But I think I've realized that the biggest, strongest people at the gym that look terrifying are genuinely the nicest human beings ever. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that generally come up to talk to me first, I think. Mm -hmm. Although at the the start, it was kind of scary to talk to them. I realized that they're super friendly, super kind, and everyone's just there to kind of support each other. And I'm so glad that I stopped looking kind of scary at the gym just to like make friends and just be a part of a really, really great community. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So do you have like a specific story? It's okay if not of like approaching somebody in the gym that you thought was very scary, but it actually turning out to be the complete opposite for you? Yeah, so uh, I used to actually gym in the morning, usually at 6 a.m., and there was just a general crowd that I would kind of see every single day. There's one guy that used to be a professional powerlifter, and he's like six foot three. He's just massive. And I remember seeing him, and I thought that he was super scary. But then there was a time where I was bench pressing, and I couldn't get the weight up, so I actually got stuck under the bar, and he came to save me. Oh, God. And that was like my biggest fear, because I actually hate just asking so people scary. for a spot, because it's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came to save me, and then we chatted, and he's become like one of my really good friends in the morning, which is really nice. That's awesome. And originally, he looked intimidating to he approach for scary. You. Very, very scary. <laughs> That's really interesting. I think it's so true that sometimes the most fierce looking people are actually the nicest people. Like I remember the other day I went to like Body Energy Club with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Was it the one that we went to? I don't remember. But like I remember seeing someone really jacked. Oh yeah. I think like it was manager, yeah, it was literally right? with you, like the manager. <laughs> like he he looked like he couldn't fit into any shirts because his arms are so big. Yeah. But he was so nice. Like yes. he was so smiley. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, that bench press story you told just 
like reminded me of a scary story. So I'm really gonna tell this as a side <laughs> story. But basically, like I work out at my company gym at SAP, and I work out with my colleagues who like two of them are dudes who like bench press like really really like high weights and stuff, right? And this one time, um, one of them was like, "Hey Meg, like come spot me." And this was when I was just starting out, so I didn't really know how to like spot for bench press. But he was like, "Oh, like when I ask for help, just like lift the bar up." And I was like, "Okay, sounds good." So we did a few rounds, and I was doing like really well for spotting. He was like, "Great, you're getting the hang of it." And then this like freak accident happened, and to this day I still like feel guilty, even though like he keeps saying, "Oh, it wasn't my fault." But basically, he was like pushing. He was like doing the bench press, and then it got to a point where he was like trying to break his PR on the weight, and he looked like he was struggling. So I started putting my hand under the bar to like lift it up, and he was like, "No, no, 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 I got it." So I was like, "Okay, okay." So I didn't touch the bar, and then he literally dropped the barbell oh my like gosh. on himself. Oh no kidding, it guys, it was so terrifying. <laughs> it like landed on his neck, okay, Ooh. and it was a it was a really heavy. Like there was more than one plate on each side of that. Like it was massive thankfully like the the plates like slid off the barbell so it didn't kill him obviously <laughs> and obviously i grabbed it as soon as i could but it landed on his right shoulder and he actually dislocated his shoulder so oh his shoulder gosh. literally snapped out of the socket and he stood back up and he like snapped it back in because he was like so in shock i can feel the pain as you're saying I, it was like so scary and i was like shaking and he was shaking we we're like holy fuck that was terrifying like it was just like a freak accident but I don't want that to deter you guys from doing the bench press because it's one of my favorite workouts. But just be careful and kind of like, you know, know your limits and communicate with your spotter, you know, if mm-hmm. if it's getting a bit bit hard. But it's okay, guys. My coworker's fine. He's going to physio. Like, I literally saw him today. We're good. We're chilling. So yeah, it's all good. As awkward as it is, it's so important to ask for a spot, even if you don't know anyone at the gym, I think, just because you don't want to hurt yourself. And I think yeah. for bench press, especially, like, one of my friends, um, he lifts, like, three times my body weight. Oh, my God. But then he's like, what? oh, Mizuho, can you give me a spot? And I'm like, do you want to die today? Like, why <laughs> would you ask me? There's so many other people they could have asked. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so true, though. You got to have the courage to ask sometimes, you know? And... You know, I, I like what you said about approaching people you don't know at the gym because because I do work at my company gym, I work out with my coworkers most of the time. I'm blessed to just know those people, but sometimes I do go there alone and it's like me plus like ten dudes in there that I've like never met, but I always see their faces there, like every time I go. So maybe I should make the make the courageous leap and just like introduce myself and be like, hey, like I've seen you here literally past six months. Like, what's your name? Like, what do you do? You know, and just like make some friends there. So yeah, thanks for that. And the other question I had was you mentioned creating content, right? Mm -hmm. And that's another level of confidence I feel in the gym to not only be like doing your workouts, but also like recording yourself. I'm Mm -hmm. assuming like that's probably what you do, right? So how do you go about like doing that without the fear of like other people like judging you or, or stuff like that? Yeah, so when I actually first joined the company that I'm currently at, I didn't actually know that I was going to be filming myself. I thought I was going to just do like social media content, um, like graphics and things like that. So when they told me that I needed to make like TikTok videos and things like that, I was just terrified because I'm definitely a person that likes being behind the camera more than in front of the camera. Um, so at first I used to actually hide my phone in my bag and like film myself secretly because I do go to like a commercial gym. Mm-hmm. But then over time I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to get a tripod, uh, like for my phone and then just not be embarrassed about like filming myself. So once I got over that barrier, I realized the second thing is posting yourself and not criticizing yourself too much. So one is that people will probably judge your form if you post yourself. Uh, second, yes. yeah. <laughs> 
second is that, um, yeah, you know, some angles don't look great and you just don't look fantastic. But I've kind of gotten over that and I make a lot of cringy TikToks now. So now I just kind of choose to laugh at myself and it's been going well so far. That's awesome. I love that. I think I'm still working up to the confidence of like filming myself, to be honest. And what you said about if you post it, people are going to judge your form. That's so true. Yeah. Just unsolicited advice from so many people that you don't know. And I just don't understand. <laughs> so many, so many. Like this one time, I, I think I posted like me doing like a squat or something. And I got like so many people say, oh, like you got to squat lower. You got to, um, you know, wear non-platform shoes. You got to like put the bar lower. You do this do that you gotta not look at yourself in the mirror i was like whoa, whoa, whoa. this is a lot to process <laughs> interjecting here as i edit i actually did ask for feedback when i posted my squat so that is me being a clown anyways back to the episode <laughs> so if you do put yourself out there which like it is good because i did take all that advice into account and i did improve my form a lot mm-hmm. but if you're not ready to handle like a bunch of unsolicited criticism like do watch out you know (laughs) I mean like because I've been working out for I think like six or seven years now so I like to think that I can relatively I just know relatively like everything in terms of form Mm -hmm. so when I I remember I posted like my first video on my personal Instagram and immediately someone who doesn't work out started commenting on my my, like form Uh and I was like I understand if you're certified or you're you're experienced but if you're not it's like are you really offering me advice right now right that's interesting I'm curious what were they like commenting on was their advice like valid or so basically it was for wide grip lat pull downs but obviously like depending on like how your body is in terms of like your arm like length and like what feels comfortable and what gives you like the mind to muscle connection so it obviously differs person to person so the advice definitely wasn't valid um but i think a lot of times people don't realize that every single person's body is built differently so a form on some one person won't be the exact form that someone else would have Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's a really great point like with these workouts you got to try try it out for yourself and see what feels right and what doesn't feel right because honestly i learned most of my workouts from tiktok videos (laughs) because honestly tiktok is a really it has a really great fitness community honestly and they tell you stuff like minor stuff to watch out for they have their whole workout programs on there and it's just like amazing so I mean this is a bit more like of a technical question but I guess for somebody who wants to get started at the gym and they don't even know what workouts to do how to split their workouts and all that stuff like how did you get to the point now where you can just go in and you know exactly what you're working on how do you recommend they approach that um, I think honestly to just kind of build a foundation, um, it would be nice to either get like a personal trainer or someone to just kind of show you the ropes in terms of how to use the equipment and make sure that your form is correct. So I think just building that foundation from the get go is super, super important so that you don't like injure yourself. Um, second, I think just at the start, I definitely was just doing whatever I saw like on YouTube or like TikTok or things like that. And then mm-hmm. over time, I kind of created my own program and then followed other programs as well. So you could always like search up like either like a bodybuilding or powerlifting program and kind of just follow that vaguely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think over time you'll try and figure out like what works best for you and in terms of like your schedule and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For me personally, I started out also just trying a little bit of everything. And I actually also do highly recommend getting like a personal trainer or at least somebody in your network who is able to help you out in the beginning because simple stuff like, you know, having the correct form when doing a workout can make all the difference right so I had a PT and I ran five sessions and after that I was comfortable kind of like trying out my own program and Mm -hmm. like basically tried every exercise and some exercises you'll vibe with some you don't like for me personally 
I don't like the leg curl or whatever mm-hmm. machine that is. Um, and for some people, they, they love it. It's great. For me personally, it's just, I don't like it. And for me personally, I also don't like plank. <laughs> so I choose other ab workouts, right? So I think it's nice to have the freedom to be able to like kind of customize your workout to, you know, something that you can enjoy. Because I think for me, also a barrier when I was first starting was the framing that going to the gym is like suffering. Like you're going to go out, you're going to do exercises that you hate and you're going to like push yourself and it's not going to be enjoyable. Would you say that that is actually not true? Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, the gym isn't always for everyone. So just finding a type of like physical activity that you actually enjoyed going to and it's easy for you to like stick with, I think is like the most key part. Um, In terms of just like the exercises too, there's so many different alternatives. So if one movement isn't working for you or it's just not comfortable for you, there's so many other alternatives to work that muscle group. Mm -hmm. So I think just selecting the ones that work best for you, I think is best instead of forcing yourself to do something. Mm -hmm. Personally, I also hate plank too. The time goes by so slowly and I just cannot do it but you know just like whatever works best for you I think yeah for sure whatever works best for you I hope that's comforting to people that are like oh I can never be a gym rat because I used to say that and now I'm literally a gym rat so (laughs) but I'm still new to this um okay I had a couple other questions I wanted to ask the other one was surrounding the cultural norms again because I think that's a really big um barrier for some people who may be resistant to gymming even though you know you know it might be good for you Mm -hmm. that other people might be judging you your family might be judging you so did you ever face like judgment like not just from family but maybe even from friends regarding you know becoming more of like a like lifting heavy becoming like more bulkier as opposed to like the skinny slender beauty ideal of asian females yeah so i think there's definitely like kind of a stigma around how gymming will make you bulky or like more masculine and i think personally i don't think that that's necessarily true um definitely with my family too especially if i would visit japan and visit visit my relatives when they see me and they and i and they hear that i gym they assume that i'm gonna be skinny and like slim Mm. and i remember they're being like oh like why aren't you like that skinny then and it's like (laughs) (laughs) um at the time i definitely took offense um Mm -hmm. but i think i realized that's just kind of the society that they live in and obviously it's quite different from canada or just like the u.s so i think i realized that like that's all obviously like their opinion and everyone is kind of they can have their own opinion but personally I feel happy when I'm like how I am right now Mm -hmm. so I think just like over time I gradually accepted that I'm like more Canadian or more American in that sense and I'm not really chasing this like Asian kind of ideal in terms of beauty Mm -hmm. I think my parents at at the start they were not comfortable with it Mm -hmm. and then I think over time especially seeing how happy it made me as well as just being able to be active and healthy at the very least I think over time they became more comfortable with the idea of it and I actually like made a TikTok about this too but um I think my dad at the start was like not happy about it because I'm a girl and he wants me to be feminine. Mm. But then during COVID, he actually like sent me a bunch of stuff that like gym equipment that I could buy. Oh, and he was like, hey, like I saw this on sale. And I, I realized that that was like his way of showing that he accepts like how I am in terms of like gym and fitness. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you to mm-hmm. hear that. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, like my my family's pretty accepting of it so far as well. So I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that. This isn't related to the gym, but the part they didn't accept was the fact that I love to tan. And my parents are like, you know, Asian parents are like, you gotta be like super pale to be pretty. Honestly, I mean, same. I'm also quite tan. <laughs> I know, like I love to tan. And then I would come home and my, my dad would 
make like low-key racist comments oh, to no. me and I'm like dad this is so inappropriate but anyways I think the point is like not to follow beauty standards set by like other people or like your culture mm-hmm. and just do what ultimately makes you happy sure. which is like what I loved about what you mentioned is that your dad could see how happy it was making you and it's not just good for you know your health but also for your mental health so sure. that leads to like kind of my next question is how have you seen like your mental health kind of evolve throughout your journey of like not being like into fitness versus now Yeah, so I always say that fitness and mental health, I think in my life, has kind of gone hand in hand where it either catalyzes like my mental health and it improves it or it can be kind of detrimental to it in a sense. So what I mean by that is I think right now, especially um, especially like this far down my journey, I think I'm very, very happy with myself and my mental health is really good. But then I think whenever back when I used to plateau or I wasn't seeing as much progress that I, as I wanted it to, um, that definitely like impact my mental health in the sense that I viewed myself or valued myself a little bit less or I just like wasn't happy with myself so I think now I've I've kind of struck like a happy balance in that sense but Mm -hmm. at the start definitely like when I wasn't lifting the weights that I wanted to or I like gained weight or things like that that would really really upset me and kind of affect my mental health back then Mm -hmm. but then I think now it's like drastically different in the way that I view things overall Mm, okay how would you say like what was the switch for you in not tying your mental health way too much to like the progress or like your programs and stuff um I think the biggest difference is just realizing that fitness is an ongoing journey you're gonna have times where you feel a little bit off you have a bad workout or you see like a kind of a drop in progress and that's completely natural and I think at the end of the day you need to tie like your self-love and stuff to just just who you are as a whole rather than like a physical standard of beauty in terms of society and things like that so Mm -hmm. I think over time I realized that weight gain isn't something that I should be like upset about it's not something that is like indicative of my Mm self-value so I think just kind of shifting my perspective in terms of how I view myself is like the main change that I made I really like what you just said there I think it was like weight gain is not indicative of my value right is that Mm -hmm. what you said yeah that's true that is so true like I had I could go on forever about this like toxic association with like people checking their own weight and saying oh my gosh if I just lose five more pounds then I will be worth blah 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 Mm -hmm. like when I got into the world of fitness like at first I was also consuming a lot of that sort of like toxic content and like with diet culture and stuff like that too which I also do want to ask you on your stance on later Mm -hmm. on too but I realized guys like your weight is a tiny indicator for the progress that you're making. You cannot like base your whole progress on how much weight you lost because muscle and fat also do not weight this weigh the same. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think muscle, muscle is heavier. More. Yeah. So for me, like I actually weigh the same as I did like three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. but I look and feel like a billion times better. So mm-hmm. your weight is like tells like 1% of the story. It's all about, you know, there's other stuff like body recomposition, right? And like your mood and how you're, you, like, I don't know if it impacts your hormones or whatever. I'm just like saying <laughs> random shit. But there's a billion other stuff. So yeah. yeah, and I think for me, like, I'm probably the heaviest I've ever been in my life, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. But it, um, when I did my, like, kind of body scan, I'm also at the lowest body fat that I've ever been at. Okay. So I think go. that's just like obviously indicative of A, like body re- recomposition but also like weight isn't 
like indicative of whether or not you're healthy. It's because obviously, like if you gain muscle, then you're going to be heavier than you were before. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Ugh. I like. I remember being on the side of YouTube where it was like, do this and lose ten pounds in yeah. thirty days, and it's like, oh, man. did you ever do Chloe Ting workouts? I did. I did. <laughs> I also did too. Did you? It was yeah, not a good time. Was that in 2020, like during the pandemic? Yeah. So it was probably when gyms were closed. I actually lost like 10 pounds during that closure and it was oh mostly God. like all muscle mass because I just did cardio and like hit workouts at home which oh wasn't gosh. which was obviously like quite different mm-hmm. so when I came back to the gym I was like I'm so happy to be like gaining weight again oh my gosh crazy I know there's whole this whole like <laughs> people coming out on TikTok and yeah. blaming their well I wouldn't say blaming it's associating the mental health thing right yeah the yeah. mental health and eating disorders with like the whole Chloe Tang fiasco in 2020 mm-hmm. and obviously we cannot blame Chloe for that like she's mm-hmm. just doing what she does as a fitness influencer but I guess it goes to show how dangerous it is to like blindly follow something 100% and I think in terms of social media too um for me like I think if I follow people that are drastically different in terms of like their physical appearance um it used to be like kind of bad for mental health just because I would compare myself constantly and be like oh like why can't I look like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and I think now I've started to follow like more like Asian fitness creators Mm -hmm. that are maybe similar in terms of like their build and their physique to me and I think Mm -hmm. that really motivates me to work harder instead of comparing myself and feeling negatively about myself Mm, that's a really good point thanks for sharing that's true you can't compare your body to somebody else's body directly Mm -hmm. Chloe Tang has a very slender Yes. slender physique <laughs> and I was also very caught up in like the ab workouts especially I think it was like mm-hmm. the two-week ab challenge yeah. or something like that and it's like after that I didn't see any abs you know <laughs> so so unfortunately I did go into um very bad like diet culture during that time and I actually did have disordered eating oh. yeah it was not a good good time I still don't really know the difference between eating disorder versus disordered eating so I'm not gonna say I had an ED but my eating was extremely disordered and mm-hmm. I lost a lot of weight as well in 2020 like mm-hmm. a lot which at the time that was like my key performance indicator which is yep. like not healthy mm-hmm. but I was like skinny fat so no muscle I was just like super skinny and I was just like all fat and I was also very weak and I just like didn't have energy to do anything so yeah that was not good be careful guys (laughs) for sure yeah and then yeah so I want to ask I guess for you like how how has the role of diet played in your fitness journey yeah, so I think um, naturally I kind of eat relatively healthy. So both my parents are actually chefs. Um, oh. So I grew up with a lot of like Japanese food at home and just in general, I think Japanese diet is quite healthy and mm-hmm. well-balanced. So it's never been too much of a struggle for me to kind of eat a well-balanced diet. I think the main thing is that I'm a huge fan of like pastries and like desserts mm-hmm. and that's always like not the healthiest. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a foodie too, so I tend to go out for food quite often. So at the end of the day, I think I hold a balance of, I still go out and eat whatever I want. If I'm craving dessert, then I'll still have it. I don't really restrict my diet in any sense. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's a balance. So it's like not mm-hmm. too much of anything. Yeah, I think it, it really is all about moderation. Mm-hmm. Like um, tying into my story of disordered eating, I actually did try like a bunch of diets. And the one I went really hard with was like the ketogenic diet. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know talking about diets can be a bit controversial. So this is just my own experience. Like I'm not like a nutritionist or anything, mm-hmm. but I did keto and I did lose like a lot of weight for sure. But I 
I was also, yeah, like I said, extremely weak. <laughs> and I think it's not just what it impacts on your body physically, but also how it impacts your mood. Like yeah, sure. during that entire period of doing keto, I think I was on it for at least eight months. I wow. did not enjoy like going out. I did not wow. enjoy food. Like I lost my love for food and I kind of started seeing food as like an enemy, which it totally isn't. You know, mm-hmm. food is like good for you. It nourishes your body. It's part of your joy and happiness. So mm-hmm. now I'm a lot more balanced. You eat whole food. Like I eat whole foods. I eat like a little bit of everything. And I do allow myself to have cakes and desserts, you know, once mm-hmm. in a while, as long as you're not having that as your entire diet. Yeah. So yeah, that was like a really important piece to my health and fitness as well. Mm-hmm. Like you can train as hard as you want and have the best workout program. But I think if you're not like giving yourself the fuel for that, like it's, you're not going to see the progress that you're looking for. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize how big of a role diet can play into your fitness because I think in the first couple of years of my kind of fitness journey, I like a, I don't eat a lot. So my calories was a lot lower than it needed to be. And second is that I consumed like little to no protein. So I actually didn't see like any like actual progress, I think from like kind of looking back in like the first two years, because I just wasn't eating enough of anything. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like consciously just trying to throw in a ton of protein into like all my meals, whether through like shakes or just like in my regular diet. And I've seen like the most amount of growth in like the past year. Oh, that's awesome. That is amazing. I love that. I feel like the things with like protein and supplements and stuff like that too is another big can of worms in the fitness world, which I would be interested in talking about a little bit here. So stuff like creatine, um, other supplements. Do you think beginners should think about that right now? Or do you think that's something that you kind of build up over time? Or generally, what is your advice on approaching those things? I mean, I think the easy kind of supplements to take at the start is probably protein and creatine because there's not really any like side effects to it Mm -hmm. protein obviously like you need protein in order for your muscles to like recover properly and build properly um so that's like obviously something that's essential creatine i think i was like super scared of taking it for the longest time because there's so (laughs) much like controversy around how it'll make you like gain weight or Mm -hmm. like things like that or you'll look like fat and stuff like that yeah and I think when I started taking it, I think earlier this year for the first time, I've like seen so much progress. Yeah. So it's, yeah, definitely worthwhile. And you get, get that kind of little boost at the start because your body's not used to it. Mm. Um, and also the thing with creatine is that it's a naturally occurring substance in your body. So it's not like you're throwing something foreign into your body. So it's yeah. just increasing the creatine stores that are already there within your body. Mm-hmm. And it really, really helped me kind of break past uh, plateaus and just overall seeing a lot more growth that is awesome the fact about like creatine's naturally occurring in your body that was what made me like not scared to take it like i've been taking it the past few months too and i definitely saw crazy results <laughs> like I, I know it impact people differently but for me like i broke all my prs like within like week two of taking creatine exactly. and honestly i'm like why did i not do this so much sooner literally like, so many regrets for not like taking a lot sooner i know it's like it's like magic man and like the weight gain stuff like yeah sounds scary like again weight is not indicative of your progress mm-hmm. like correct me if i'm wrong but i think most of it is just like water retention in your muscles or something yeah so let's say you do kind of like a loading phase with creatine which means that you take a lot more than your maintenance dose of creatine in the first week or two i believe i think with that because it's such a drastic change from your creatine stores before to after it's saturated you tend to see a little bit of weight gain or maybe you look a little bit more like quote-unquote like fluffy. Um, <laughs> fluffy but that's completely normal and it'll kind of even out over time i personally didn't want to gain like sudden weight so i did mm. like more of a gradual process of taking a maintenance dose every single day which i believe is five grams yeah. a day five grams yeah and then i honestly didn't see too big of a change in terms of my weight but i definitely saw a lot more progress with my uh, lifts as well okay gotcha that makes a lot of sense okay and 
it's another question because I said so much about weight is not indicative of your progress. How do you personally like track your own progress, or how do you recommend our listeners who are starting out the gym see their progress then? Yeah, so I think because I do more of a powerlifting style, it's very quantitative where I can just look at my lifts and be like, hey, like I. Uh, increase my PR by X amount from last month and it's very easy for me to see. I think if your goal isn't necessarily to reach a certain like uh, deadlift, squat, bench, then it's a little bit more difficult. Mm. But personally, I've also been doing kind of like measurements such as like body scans as well as just like body measurements. Mm-hmm. So for example, like my waist has relatively stayed the same, but my hip has grown by like seven inches, Damn, I believe. So that's like cool. one thing that I've realized that I wish I had tracked a lot sooner. Mm. Um, and body scans, I usually do, I think once or twice a year just what to kind of see. What is a body scan? Like, so basically, it's I think it's called a DEXA scan if I'm correct, if I'm... Yeah, I remember correctly. Um, but basically, it calculates your like bone density, um, muscle mass, and things like that in your body fat. It's not super accurate necessarily, but I think it's easier to use it as a metric. So, for example, mm. like the last time, the first time that I took it was like maybe six years ago, and then I compare like my progress from then to now. Okay, got it, got it. I like that. My favorite is taking progress photos. And I always wish I took more in the beginning because right now it's like I look at myself, I'm like, okay, nice progress, take a snap. But I don't have enough like comparables from before I started. Especially making content too, I realized that I don't have any photos from like the first like four years of lifting because I was so embarrassed to do it, Mm. I think. And then also I just like didn't film myself like like lifting as well. Yeah. And I'm like, it would have been so much more drastic had I taken photos like five years ago in comparison to like this past year. Honestly, honestly, like I honestly wish I had more photos of like my ass before I started going to the gym because I want to see how much has actually grown but now I like I have no benchmark it's just like okay I think it looks good you know I think like advice for beginners is that as embarrassing it may it may be take photos at the start and kind of like gradually throughout your process and you'll get like an awesome result at the end oh my gosh absolutely guys I'm like obsessed with the gym it's honestly (laughs) I just love it so much and I think the last time I did like a fitness episode was back in like 2021 probably with my friend who's like a personal trainer Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've grown so much since then I'm so so happy it's like a part of my lifestyle now Mm -hmm. it makes me really happy and I guess um speaking on behalf of like my old self or people who are wanting to start out don't know how how do you find the time to go work out? Like, <laughs> people are like, how do you, how, like, you gotta drive to the gym, you gotta, your workout's gonna take at least an hour. I have no reason to do this because it's gonna take up my work day. Like, what do you say to those people? What advice do you have? So I think at the end of the day, the people who say that they don't have time for something, whether it be the gym or like maybe other hobbies, um, at the end of the day, it's how you value and prioritize your time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't prioritize your fitness and your health, then obviously you're not gonna make time for it. So you, it may seem like you don't have enough time, but I think if you really, really wanted it, you would make time for it. So for me, like I realized um, working out in the afternoon means that I can't really like make plans like after work, for example. So I started going in the morning so that I don't need to worry about working out later in the day and I can go out with friends or do whatever that I want to do after work. Yeah. Um, For me, it's become such a huge part of my routine that it's kind of like unnatural for it to not be a part of it Mm. so I think now it's like I don't really think about it and it's more so just ingrained it's like oh like I'm for sure gonna go to the gym today it's not something that I'm like oh I need to like plan necessarily Mm -hmm. um but I think that comes with time yeah absolutely I really like that I'm gonna share something I saw recently that really kind of relates with this but it's like oh show me your calendar and I will show you I will tell you what you value because you can say one thing but if you don't intentionally carve out time for it and literally prioritize it then do you really value that thing right like for example you can 
say as much, oh, I value my fitness and health. But if someone says, if someone's like, oh, are you free after work? And you're like, oh, yeah, for sure. And then later it's like, oh, I didn't go to the gym because, you know, I had to help my friend with something. Then like think about where your priorities are and are you like actually subconsciously or consciously choosing not to go? Like what is an excuse, right? And I'm at the point right now as well where luckily gymming has also become like more of a habit mm-hmm. obviously in the beginning I feel like in the first few weeks it's the hardest like you really have to like battle your your body and your mental state to be like okay come on let's just like go to the gym today like it's really hard it's really hard I'm not gonna like sugarcoat that mm-hmm. but I feel like after a few weeks and especially when you start like feeling and seeing the progress it does become a habit you know mm-hmm. and now I actually feel less good if I don't go. And you probably relate with that too. Which I know. But do you have any other tips that you wanted to share for people who are like just starting out at the gym? I think for me, when I first started, I definitely also did just kind of like random workouts or like exercises. Um, So yeah, like I think I said earlier too, like following a program, I think is the easiest way to kind of start out because the decision-making part is kind of already taken out for you. Totally. I totally agree that getting there is like the biggest first step. And once you're there, like you'll feel better, I think usually. Um, I think half the time, especially if the weather is bad, because I walk to the gym, I'll be like, oh my god, I don't want to like walk in the rain or like do whatever. Mm-hmm. But once I get there, I'm like super pumped up and like ready to go. And I think that's like the big thing. Mm-hmm, for sure. And this is kind of follow up to the previous question about, you know, fitting that in your schedule, you know, because we are like 20 somethings and we're all very busy. Like we both work full time, right? We have hobbies, friends to see, family, and just other stuff that we want to do. For example, side projects. So how do we go about, I guess, like, do you think gym or exercise, like, why do you think gym or exercise is such an important priority for us to fit into our schedules as 20-somethings? Because I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to hear what you think. I think also living in a city like Vancouver where fitness is kind of like a part of our identity, I think is like a big thing. Um, I've always been surrounded by people who are also super active, and I think it makes it easier for me to incorporate it into my lifestyle in that sense, where if like, let's say I'm like meeting up with a friend earlier in the day, I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to be at the gym in the morning, so let's meet up after that. Mm -hmm. And that's already kind of just a given where there's like mutual understanding. So I think in that sense, it makes it a lot easier. But of course, like if you work in the office and stuff, it's hard to go before or after work and things like that. <laughs> yeah, like last year when I worked like in office nine to five, um, gymming after work and like fasted was just like not a good time. Ooh, so yeah. I think um, gradually I started going at like five thirty or six in the morning. Not the Dang. best, but honestly, I still preferred it over going with like the after work crowd. Oh my gosh! Okay, that's really good. It's like finding a way to integrate that with your lifestyle. And I like how you said you have friends that you know would understand or share that lifestyle with you, so it's a bit easier. So that goes about like there's two things that come out of that. I think one like having an association that you know shares those sort of values for life and health and fitness really really helps. And the other piece is um, that I was gonna say earlier is I personally think exercise and gymming is a keystone habit. Like for me personally, like, yes, I want to be productive. I want to do my best at work. I want to make time for friends and family. But I find that gymming is not something that deters that. In fact, gymming actually enhances like every other part of my life because it makes me healthier. It makes me more confident and it makes me just overall a more energetic and vibrant person. And that translates into everything from mental clarity at work to being able to get out there more socially and stuff like that. So that's like the biggest plus for me, for sure. I think also in terms of scheduling, there was a time where I was so glued to my Google Calendar and having it set 
exactly like how it should be that I started like canceling plans or saying no to plans especially like last minute ones because it would alter like my gym or like my general schedule Mm -hmm. so I think that's like more of an overcorrection of like being really stuck on like a schedule Mm. and I think over time I realized like it's okay for me to like miss a workout here and there just to like uh, make time for like friends or family or other things that are important in my life Mm -hmm. and not being so stuck on like a rigid schedule I think is super super important in that sense as well that's a good point it's like kind of having a margin for flexibility right because a rigid schedule I think like yes it will give you results like fast like consistency really is key but to what extent is that like sustainable for a lifestyle and I think that also ties back to like the thing we were talking about earlier about diet like with keto for example so rigid like I cannot go over 25 grams of carbs per day which is crazy and yes it gives you results fast not necessarily the results that are healthy per se um but it you know you're you're sacrificing your lifestyle you're sacrificing enjoyment so like something i like to ask myself is like whatever my routine is right now like whether eating gymming exercise is this something that i think i can sustain for the next five years for example like do i see myself at 28 years old still happy having this sort of routine right mm-hmm. yeah sure. and i think especially with like keto and other like more restrictive diets is that yeah it's not sustainable long term for a lot of people and i think for me like that's why i never really got into specific like diets and anything like that because at the end of the day i love food i still want to mm-hmm. go out and do things and i don't ever want to think that a food is like bad or something that's going to yeah. negatively impact me yeah absolutely absolutely um we're ha- wrapping up pretty good on time so i want to ask you some more general questions and one is if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self maybe from five years ago or someone just starting out in the fitness world or it doesn't even have to be related to fitness maybe even life and like just navigating your 20s in general what would you tell yourself um, I think specifically for fitness, um, I think tying my mental health and just like my overall self-value in how I look was like the key mistake that I made. Mm. So I think just realizing that just even going to the gym and even if it's a bad workout, even if you don't feel great, the fact that you made it there is already such a big step. And I wish I was more proud of myself and appreciated that kind of aspect of, of fitness as a whole. And second is I wish I had talked to people more at the gym because um, I've only really done that in like the past year of my like fitness journey. And honestly, that community and that environment that I'm in right now is something that I think I could have really, really helped, um, especially at the start. Mm, that's awesome thank you so much this was a great conversation so wide ranging and we covered a lot of great topics and i really hope whoever is listening if you're in a position where you want to start i don't know how that this kind of helped debunk some myths or just help you feel more at ease with starting your journey and hopefully skip some of the mistakes that Mizuho and I may have made along our journey so you don't have to make the same mistakes so if anyone wants to get connected with you where can they find you um, I think just to start off, probably LinkedIn um, with my name, Mizuho. And then um, for Instagram and TikTok, it's just at Mizuho.jm. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was lovely. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. And one of my personal messages from this episode is emphasizing fitness as a lifestyle and not just a set routine that you have to force yourself to go and do every single day. And I love Mizuho's emphasis on the fact that some days you're not going to feel your best. Some days you're going to feel like you're hitting a plateau, hitting a wall, you're not seeing progress, and you're judging yourself and that is all a part of the journey sometimes you fall off your routine sometimes you won't 
have the inspiration to go right and although fitness is about that discipline and consistency it is also just as important to give yourself that love and give yourself that grace so no matter where you're at in your journey you got this you got this <laughs> all right now before we end off the episode i know i gave a little like moment of honesty in the beginning of this episode and honestly i just feel like i want to open up about it now <laughs> this is just typical meg like my moment i'm like oh you know i'll talk about it later and then five minutes later i'm like yeah actually you know what let's just talk about it right now so since you my dear loyal listener have listened to the end of this episode you have you're already been filtered through like some of my audience they're just gonna listen to like the first five minutes be like okay bye you know you've earned the privilege of hearing my more vulnerable side so thank you for being here so essentially what happened was this whole past like month and a half i've been kind of just planning for the next chapter of my life right i have these plans to move to toronto and also just doing a transfer like within my company to move over there and essentially a part of this process is looking for a new job and don't get me wrong though i absolutely love my current team and my current role and everything Um, it's just a matter of being in such an early stage of my career and wanting to continue growing and wanting to be in a place where I'm consistently being challenged and being pushed and I feel like it is a time for me to kind of explore those paths and at least just open some doors for me right now, right? So one of the things um, that happened was this certain opening opened up and actually i wasn't even looking into that field when i was started exploring which is the ironic part because now i'm so like jaded by it um but something opened up and i met someone at the office that kind of gave me this introduction introductory path into it and just typical meg things i just network and go really hard when i want something so i went pretty hard i found some incredible mentors and i had these mentors helping me out and i also put my own blood sweat and tears in here i went above and beyond to demonstrate my skills my capabilities had three rounds of interviews with the final one being just a day long of just a kind of a case presentation type of deal where they see how you work in teams how you're able to present and just your demonstration of the skills relevant to the role and kind of without getting into too much detail like i feel like it went really well and with the interviews along with me demonstrating my skills above and beyond in my follow-up emails and everything and as well as just my mentor saying to me wow meg this is great like you have done an incredible job just showing your eagerness your skills and as long as you do this you're gonna get really far in life like you're doing an amazing job just having all that validation and it felt amazing and i'm just so blessed to have people in my life like my mentors and my friends and my colleagues and and my incredible manager just all these people just fully fully believing in me and my potential and just affirming me all along this entire journey you're on the right path you're doing an amazing job you would be great for this right so automatically at the end of the final interview i even had like spoke with my hiring manager and he was just asking me questions like oh um are you going to be relocating to toronto how do you like sap and just overall really really positive feedback all sort of pointing in the direction of hey like you got the role so i was kind of just trying to relax after that you know the whole period of time you are waiting for the final response of okay did i get the job did i not get the job it's the most anxious time so after that i was just waiting and waiting and you know i'm pretty open i'm a talker 
as you know on my podcast right now i'm just sharing this with y'all i don't even know who you are listening on the other end if you even know me but that is totally okay because i embrace vulnerability but anyways i was been very open about this whole process with my friends throughout the journey as well and everyone just keeps affirming me like meg you're fine just just chill like everything will be okay everything's gonna work out and due to all these affirmations and just fully believing that hey this this would be a great role for me just this whole halo effect happened right like this whole halo effect of oh my gosh this is the perfect path all the stars are lining up everything's lining up and i started just becoming attached to this outcome of oh my gosh i'm going to have this job i'm going to be able to move to toronto at the perfect time this is going to be what my career trajectory looks like this is this is the point of my life where i'm gonna have another big pivot and growth in my career sort of deal basically that's the danger i started idealizing this outcome daydreaming about it and just falling in love with this and just this whole thing of becoming attached and if y'all follow like stoic philosophy they preach the art of like non-attachment which i think is just such an important art to master because when you get attached to something that's when it becomes kind of dangerous and as fun as it can be to daydream and all that there comes a point where perhaps what you were attached to doesn't come true and you kind of feel shattered right so that's kind of what happened to me waiting 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 and then the rejection email comes through and it's like oh shit (laughs) i actually didn't get it and i don't know if i want to open up this whole can of worms right now with how just all my life i've just attached a bit too much of my self-worth on my achievements accomplishments and just just like these things that are all external ever since i've been in like ever since elementary school as long as i can remember it's like oh my gosh meg's work is an exemplar top of the class here like gold star 99 percent on this test like great you got into your dream business school all that stuff right like my whole life it's been kind of a big part of my self-worth and for this i can't even blame my parents like literally my parents don't put pressure on me i know this is like counterintuitive coming from an an asian household chinese household my parents literally don't care they're like meg we just want you to have good health take care of yourself but i'm the one now putting all this pressure on myself to secede and this is something that i'm trying to work on so a moment like this where i put my kind of my blood sweat and tears and my best effort and i actually did have for the most part full confidence that i would be perfect for this role and me not getting it is it's kind of like being hit by a train i know that sounds dramatic but i'm just vocalizing like that's kind of how it felt right and i'm grateful that i had such a great support system updated my friends on it like my colleagues on my current team they're just so supportive i love them just i'm just very vulnerable about things and i think vulnerability really does help me with the coping process and so more or less i feel very okay now the first day i got it though ooh, that night i just could not sleep well and the very next day i had my super delayed ubc graduation crossing the stage moment so i had my whole graduation on like super puffy like swollen face just because i couldn't sleep well and i was like in a cranky mood which is like not ideal timing but just spending time on grad day with some great friends and just talking on the phone with other friends and just opening up about (laughs) opening up about this quote-unquote failure with my friends was just really helpful in helping me cope so i guess one of my key lessons from this is to just stay vulnerable you know like don't bottle these things up and don't like as much as 
you can sometimes like, you know, quote unquote, fake it till you make it. Like sometimes things will suck and things will feel really shitty and you got to kind of embrace the shittiness and don't neglect your negative emotions because every emotion deserves equal amount of attention. I am so against the toxic positivity notion of like, if you feel something bad, no, just don't. Just like stuff it under the rug. Like, no, that's not true. When you feel a negative emotion, you got to just, you got to fully feel it, embrace it, talk to it, understand where it's coming from, what, what prompted this, why are you going through this certain emotion, what's trying to tell you about yourself, right? So I'm all for that. And so I just took the time to process and feel it and talk to my friends about it. And you know what's funny? It's just me telling this right now. Maybe some of you guys on the other end are thinking, oh my gosh, come on, Meg, you're like so weak. Like I've gone through so many more rejections. I've gone through way bigger rejections than you. So kind of suck it up. And if you do believe that, I just wish that you would give empathy because, you know, everyone grows up with different beliefs, different experiences and, you know, something like an exact same experience for one person can be monumentally different (laughs) um, in terms of how you personally process it, right? How I process one experience may be very different from how somebody else processes it. And now I know that rejection for me is very hard for me because all my life I've been conditioned to (laughs) more or less not be rejected for most things. And that is a result of me working very hard. And of course, there is luck in that too. But because of all this, the rejection was just like, this sucks, (laughs) right? So just trying to put things into perspective, all will be okay. And I just had to kind of pull myself back and remind myself like, hey, before I became so attached with this outcome and this ideal, what was my intention in the first place again? Right. I wasn't even intending to go with this path in the first place. So that kind of pulled me back and I remind myself, hey, my intention was just, I was just going to move to Toronto and experience a new life. And that is fully within my control. I can actually relocate to Toronto still, regardless of this, which I'm very blessed to say. And as well, career path wise, there are a million things out there for me to explore. And I love the current path and team that I'm on already. I'm so blessed to be able to say that. And one door closed means a billion more open, like so many doors open, so many that maybe I don't even know are out there for me yet. Like just thinking in hindsight right like there's this one quote that i personally love it's that all the stars align when you look at it in hindsight but when you're experiencing in the moment you can't really tell like for example when i go back to that whole GameStop (laughs) stock loss of like totally my entire net worth in one stock bet that totally destroyed me at that time in hindsight that had to happen because i learned so much about myself And it also serendipitously landed me exactly where I am right now with my life and my career. And if you want to hear all about those learnings, shameless plug, I believe that is episode 34, 34, called Lessons from Hardship. Okay, if you go to episode 34, you're going to hear all about that chapter and all the things I learned from it. And when I think about moments like that and me experiencing this right now, Although this isn't as tough as losing 15, 20 grand in the stock market, it's still another one of those moments that makes me appreciate hardship because hardship oftentimes will launch you into the next level of yourself. Like, I don't know, I'm kind of losing my words because I realize I've just been kind of talking to myself these past 10 or so minutes. So thank you if you're still here. 
but hardship is the perfect launching platform for you becoming the next level of yourself like you know those games where you just like when you fall you bounce back up even higher like those little platforms you know that's kind of the analogy that's in my head right now so i have no doubt that i will recover from this stronger than ever and i will stay resilient and most importantly i will work on my self-talk because this rejection has nothing to do with how much i am worth and i have to keep affirming myself that and affirming my subconscious that my self-worth is not determined by my career achievements come on meg your self-worth is not your career achievements you're worth so much more than that trying to keep reminding myself of that so yeah thanks for listening if you stuck through through all that um i i am I might do another episode on this just because this one was just so random, like randomly tacked onto the end of a fitness podcast. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a lovely day and a great life. (laughs) Hope to hear, I mean, you know, hope to talk to you guys again soon in the next episode. Bye.